Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello and welcome fellow explorers. Thank you for diving in with us today. Our mission is to explore beyond comfort zones. Let us inspire you to explore. Visit sirensoapbox.com. We have a link for a free month of Audible, information on upcoming challenges, a link to our coloring book, and information on our new magazine coming out in May. Join us now, guaranteed to spark some exploration. We were inspired last week by our conversation with Jacob Norby to dive back into personality types. Check out episode 77, The Creative Cure. It was such a fun and inspiring episode. During our conversation, Jacob said that. Um, and so self-discovery for me, and I use all sorts of tools. I'm a, I'm a self-discovery kind of junkie, so I love all of the, uh, all of the tools, Myers-Briggs and Strength Finder and Astrology and Enneagram and all of these things, um, especially overlaying them. But self-discovery, finding out this is who I am, this is what I love, you know? Uh, this is what I've been neglecting in myself. This is what I've shut down in myself. And that leads to this amazing self-acceptance. And it's a lot of people try to leap right into the self-acceptance. It's like trying to affirm I'm full of love, peace, and joy without actually acknowledging the parts that don't feel peaceful or loving or joyful. <laughs> but this all leads to transformation. And transformation, as I see it, is not at all the model that most of us have grown up around in spirituality or religion, where it's, you find somebody who's the model of this behavior, who's successful in these ways. And then all you have to do is match their behavior. I don't see it that way. I see transformation as discovering who we really are and then becoming that kind of like acorn trying to become a pine tree, you know, um, and, and always frustrated and depressed, you know, until someday some wise curl or something comes along and says, all you have to do is become the code that was already in the acorn. Like just become that. Through this conversation, we realized we need to find out what Sarah's Enneagram is. And we also wanted to overlay another personality test to dive deeper into self-discovery like Jacob discussed. For this episode, we're going to recap Enneagrams and then layer that with the 16 personalities test. For a refresher, way back in episode 16, over 50 episodes ago, with that screeching seagull timer in all its glory, <laughs> the sirens explored Enneagrams. Enneagram is simply a map for self-discovery and personal growth based on nine basic personality types. The Enneagram accurately and clearly describes the way you think, feel, and behave in particular ways based on your core fears and core desires, according to your Enneagramcoach.com. Siren Jess is a two nurturing supporter. Type twos are people who see the world through relationships and define themselves through service to others. Sirens Murr, TC, and LC are sevens, enthusiastic optimist. Type sevens are well-rounded, affirming, and generous, and have an insatiable appetite for excitement. In just a moment, we're going in soapbox order to guess Sarah's personality type. But before she reveals her number, we are going to guess which of the four categories we fall into in the 16 personality test. According to 16personalities.com, they use the acronym format introduced by Meyer Briggs for its simplicity and convenience with an extra letter to accommodate five rather than four scales. We've instead chosen to rework and rebalance the dimensions of the personality called the five big personality traits a model that dominates modern psycho psychological and social research. Those five personalities are introverted versus extroverted, intuitive versus observant, thinking versus feeling, judging versus prospecting, assertive versus turbulent. Based on what combination of those five scales you get from your test results, it will determine which of the 16 personalities you have. The 16 personalities can be broken into four categories. Those are analysts, known for their rationality and intellectual excellence. 
Diplomats, known for their empathy and passionate idealism. Sentinels, known for their practicality and focus on order and stability. Explorers, known for their spontaneity and flexibility. It's a lot, but let's dive in. First, if at any time the conversation gets too intense, this safe word is... Mango. 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 In soapbox <laughs> order, let's guess Sara's Enneagram number. Mer, you're up first. All right. So I think Sara is a number six. I think she's a loyalist because it is described very succinctly as committed and security oriented. Um, there also might be a little tagline about being suspicious. And I think that that is, uh, ties along with her. I love Kat's personality. Jess. How bad is it? Okay. So I think Sara is a six <laughs> due to <laughs> it's hilarious get it out you can do it do it go i think sarah (laughs) (laughs) oh that's hilarious again You're, you're waiting too long do it okay i think sarah is a six i think I base this on her her numerology and the colors episode. (laughs) Well, I also think Sara is an Enneagram six, the faithful guardian. She seems to like to be prepared when approaching something new. They are also described as loyalists, which reminded me of when she talks about her family. They are also suspicious. When I read that, I pictured Sarah saying, yeah, right, which I think we've heard a time or two. Also, back to the magic numbers, I believe hers was a six. TC, what do you got? Uh, So you've all convinced me that maybe she's a six, but I originally thought she was a three because she is success-oriented. She is also adaptive and driven and I don't know. I, I thought maybe she was a three, the achiever. You see, I was going to pick a three until I read the six description. So that's interesting. Well, so we'll start off by saying that, uh, well, I can't say, well, we'll say that uh, maybe there's some right and there's some wrong, and we'll just go from there. <laughs> <about that. laughs> Otherwise, it may give too much away. So we'll move on to the other personality testing, and I will give that Murr was a, a, an explorer because of the spontaneity and ingenuity. That's what I came up with from her. Um, LC, I also thought was an explorer for the same reasons, the spontaneity, flexibility. Jess, I was pretty confident you were a diplomat just because of your empathy and your diplomatic skills. Um, And who have I not done? Uh, TC. Well, again, an explorer. I don't know if it's because you were all sevens. It's just sort of similar. It's that sort of explorer personality. So uh, that's what I went with. That spontaneity, ingenuity, flexibility. Uh, It all just seemed to go. So uh, there you go. Okay. So I guessed that uh, in soapbox order, well, really, I can just group them up because Mer, LC, and TC, I guess, explore uh, because they all basically got the same with um, the Enneagram, which has the adventure and spontaneity. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just, it made it easy. (laughs) Sara, I guessed, was a type sentinel. I did not break them down into subcategories, but um, Sara, I guessed sentinel because of loyalty empathy, 
basically everything that I guess the type six uh, Enneagram for. So next, LC, what's your guess? Well, first I'm going to say that I'm praying for you, Jess, that Sarah is also not a type seven, because if that's the case, then you're screwed and you just know it now. <laughs> it's okay. You'll survive. <laughs> well, uh, you will. You will. Uh, for the 16 personalities in soapbox order, I think Murr is an explorer because she seems spontaneous, bold, and like the life of the party. For Sarah, I thought Sentinel, maybe even more specifically the, the logician. Did I say that right? Maybe uh, because she seems logical and fact-minded, which I can see being very helpful for her job. For Jess, I put Sentinel, maybe more specifically a console because of her Enneagram for needing security, caring for people, and helpful. And TC, I think, is an explorer. And if she's not, I'm willing to guess that she took the personality test again to see if she got a different result. And I picked this because she likes to experiment with new things, live on the edge, and is adventurous. What you got, TC? All right, I'm going in some random order that I wrote them down. Um, I guess that LC is an explorer because she explores. And I just felt that that really encapsulated who she is. Jess, I guessed, it, I guessed was a sentinel. And specifically, I guessed that she was a defender because she regularly comes to the defense of everyone. And Sarah, I guessed, was the analyst and specifically the architect in the analyst area because she is a strategic thinker and she does have a plan for everything. She's also imaginative. Murr, I guessed, the diplomat. And I guess the reason that I thought <clears throat> specifically the mediator because of the description, poetic, kind, and altruistic. And she's always eager to help a good cause. And she really is. Like, she's such a good person. It's amazing to me. So that's what I think everyone is. And Mer, what do you think everyone is? Well, that was super flattering, TC. Thank you for that. Um, Sarah, I guessed, was a sentinel, but more specifically a defender because... She is always protecting, very protective of her loved ones. She makes it very clear to, to us that that's important to her. Jess, I chose the same thing that Elsie did, a Sentinel, specifically a console, for all the same reasons that Elsie picked, um, I, mostly because you were, Jess is just always so eager to help people. And that was one of the defining personalities of that personality type. Elsie, um, this will be a shocker but I chose explorer, <laughs> specifically adventurer. And I think that that is, uh... all right. So the first line of the description of the adventurer is flexible and charming artists. And I was immediately made me think of Elsie. And then TC, I had a tough time deciding for you. I chose two. The first one I chose was the uh, an analyst, specifically the commander. And that's because you are very bold and imaginative and you will find a flipping way to get something done if you want to get it done. But then, like Elsie said, I, I was wondering why I didn't choose Explorer for you. <laughs> which is a little hilarious. So then I thought maybe you've kind of closely fit the entrepreneur as well because of your energy and people just really enjoy being with you and you're very adventurous and smart. And those are all the things that I thought about you. So I am really curious to find out what everyone's real personalities were. So for me, I took, I think for all of us, you know, we took the 16 personalities assessment and I found that I am exactly the same person I was when I took the assessment a year ago. I don't know why I took it then, but I did. And I feel comfort in knowing that I am who I am and who I am is 
an assertive campaigner. That is a diplomat. So TC, you are pretty right on. You guess the diplomat, but not the, uh, the correct subcategory. Very close. And after reading the description, I completely agree with the assessment. So the campaigner is a diplomat type, just like I said, and they're known for their empathy and diplomatic skills. According to 16personalities.com, that is, and one statement in the uh, campaigner's description totally stood out to me. It says, these personalities believe that everything and everyone is connected, and they live for the glimmers of insight that they can gain into these connections. Now, I've believed for years that we're all connected, and that's what's best for you is best for everyone, so saith the universe. Another piece of the description reads, these personalities radiate a positive energy that draws in other people and campaigners may find themselves being held up by their peers as a leader or guru. But once the initial bloom of inspiration wears off, campaigners can struggle with self-discipline and consistency, losing steam on projects that once meant so much to them. I live this. I feel this description deeply. Let's take my handmade journals, for example. I loved learning how to make them. I loved painting the covers and stitching the binding. But once I felt like I mastered the skill, I found it boring and I no longer have the same passion for creating them. This is a pattern that I see repeated over and over again in my life. Learning how to roller skate, distance running, beekeeping, propagating houseplants. These things all once sparked incredible joy until I felt bored with them and moved on to the next shiny thing. So this also screams seven, which is my Enneagram type. Sevens tend to get super excited about learning new things. Then we master them rather quickly, get bored and move on to the next distraction. And I have a love hate relationship with that aspect of my personality. I do love my thirst for knowledge and my natural curiosity, but I could really just pick something I would love to do for the rest of my life and get on with already too. Dang, Sarah, we are dying to know what is your Enneagram type? Well, I'm pretty sure actually that I did this Enneagram test earlier this year, but I seem to remember rushing through it and I couldn't find the email with those results. Plus, I remember feeling mm, not very confident in my answers for a couple of reasons. I do remember feeling rushed at the time, and I didn't love the way the questions were presented. So I decided to start fresh and do it all over. I can't remember if I ended up with the same results, but I do know that I still don't really love the questions. I mean, sometimes they're really confusing and contradictory, or at least the topics in the questions didn't seem to relate but I'm not a psychologist, so maybe they do somehow. But anyway, it seems that I am a, drum roll please, a number six. I am the loyal guardian. Dependable, committed, a team player. At my best, I'm reliable and loyal with a good sense of humor. And I would agree with all of that. But you know, I really get, got so confused with this whole description, because the brief description got really, really weird talking about what happens when I forget the truth of the gospel. So it really kind of lost a lot of credibility with me at that point. So I looked a little bit more at the intense description, and it sure was pretty intense. But in general, there are some parts that made sense, but I don't know if I agree with it all. Anyway, moving on to the 16 personalities test. It was a little easier to take. I think the questions were a little more focused. You know, it didn't list a bunch of, you know, you had to say that you feared all of these things and you had to try and read each one and see which, I don't know, anyway, moving on. It was a little easier to take this one. I apparently am a sentinel defender. Specifically, I am introverted, observant, feeling, judging, and turbulent. Those are my letters or my personality aspects. I think this test might be a little more accurate, at least for me, even though those terms don't necessarily describe what they mean. I mean, turbulent doesn't mean turbulent, you know, but um, it does describe me self-conscious and sensitive to stress. Um, but the introverted part is really spot on. I don't love social events and I can be pretty sensitive to external stimulation like sounds and smells, which is the way they describe an introvert. Interestingly, defenders are loyal, reliable, committed, and fear rejection. And those are all traits that are found in the type six people. So yeah, maybe I answered those confusing questions better than I thought I did. So Jess, had you ever done a Myers-Briggs test before? I had never even heard of a Myers-Briggs test until last week when we were talking to Jacob. 
So I was pretty interested to see how accurate it was and how much it matched up with my Enneagram. Turns out very accurate. <laughs> I am a type console under the Sentinel. <laughs> so apparently I am uh, pretty easy to read. <laughs> so my strengths and weaknesses lined up very well. And I like to see how the results are broken down into sections with tips on interpersonal and romantic relationships. So you can see how your personality type really affects those. I also like the summary in each section so you can decide how far down that rabbit hole that you really wanna go. I think my Enneagram results still speak to me more as far as my core strengths and weaknesses. I also like how it gave my breakdown of the other personality types so that I can see what areas I had strengths in. And uh, in my Enneagram, I do also have 83% type seven. So it makes me wonder if I really had that before the soapbox or if the type sevens are really just trying to sway me over to their side. But apparently it's working. So anyway, Elsie, what category do you fall into? I fall into the diplomat category, more specifically the assertive protagonist. I've taken the Myers-Briggs before and I was not surprised by my letter results. The first four were exactly the same as when I took the test in high school. The addition of this test's fifth letter, A for assertive, did not surprise me. I am always surprised that my results show extroverted. I think of myself as a talkative introvert. When you finally get me out of my shell, that is, my shell, as my family calls it. I was really hoping that I would be in the explorer category because I think of myself as adventurous and creative. I really thought I was going to be the adventurer, like Mer said. That's funny. She, she looks at me the same way I think I have myself, which is great. <laughs> but they are introverted, like to explore, and are artistic. And these are all things I would definitely describe myself as. Upon further investigation of the assertive protagonist type, and having to get over the fact that I'm not their type of explorer, I do think that I fit into this category. I typically find myself in leadership roles in many situations. I've had several supervisor and managerial roles. I've led a couple of retreats and I've been a coach. It can be awkward at times because sometimes people look to me to lead and I'm not really sure if it's my place or if I'm overstepping my bounds. I think that my resting bitch face might have something to do with uh, maybe looking like I have some sort of authority. I don't know. I think that if I had to choose between Enneagram and 16 personalities, Enneagram seems more accurate or at least certainly more fun. See, so type seven again. <laughs> However, I think that in doing this and layering it with Enneagram, astrology, numerology, color, DNA, even cookology and the book of questions, they're all helping me to better understand who I am. And I've got to say that every single one of those self-discovery exercises have been accurate so far. I can't wait to see what self-discovery journey we go on next. TC, what did you think your personality style would be? Well, I really wanted to be an explorer. I see myself as an explorer. I, I specifically wanted to be an adventurer. Second choice, entrepreneur. I actually... Elsie, you were right, took the test many times <laughs> in an attempt to be an explorer. I could not, I could not be an explorer. In all of the times I took the test, I could actually only get two different results, which left me wondering, how in the hell do people get other results? <laughs> I couldn't force other results, I only got two. The majority of the time I was the campaigner, which is a diplomat. I was a diplomat campaigner. The other result that I was able to get was the debater, which is an analyst. So Mer was closest when she said that she thought I was an analyst. I noticed that every explorer type has an S, which is an observant, over an N, which is intuitive which is why the three of us, none of us got the Explorer because we're all very intuitive. Since I'm a very intuitive person and I believe in intuition, the Explorer was just not written in the stars for me. I was surprised by the results. 
but I feel like they must be accurate since I couldn't even force the results I wanted. Personality tests always get me out of my comfort zone because what if I don't like who I am? I feel like that's kind of lame, but it's true. So I am an Enneagram 7 and an ENFPA. In fact, my A, which is, which is assertive, is really high. I am 92% assertive. Who's surprised by that? Um, not me. Yeah, no one. No one. I completely agree with my Enneagram number. I live and breathe that I'm a seven. I will continue to be a seven. And when people ask me who I am, I'm a seven. I'm a seven. I'm a Sagittarius seven. I need to work on accepting, maybe even embracing my Myers-Briggs number. I'm curious to know how many of you are assertive versus turbulent. Who, who else was assertive? Tracy, not only am I assertive, we have the exact same letters. And the three, the three sevens are all diplomats. Mm -hmm. What happened there? I'm out. (laughs) I took this test last year. I don't know if we were looking into this last year for an episode, but for some reason I took it last year too. I did a different email, took it again blind. And I was last year a campaigner. And I will send you the receipts, but I know I'm a different person than I am from last year. And now I guess I'm the protagonist, but still diplomat. Yeah. That's the thing. That's crazy that the three of us are all diplomats. My biggest fear was that I was going to be a diplomat and Murr and Elsie were both going to be explorers. (laughs) I was going to be so sad by that. I was going to be really sad by that too. And then when we're getting into it, I'm like, there's, we're not actually going to be explorers. I know this. You can't because all of the explorers have an S, which is observant versus intuitive. Mm. And yeah. So I, I couldn't even force it. I was trying so hard. I even read the description for an explorer and then tried again. Nope. Oh my God. <laughs> Sarah, you were turbulent, right? Yeah. But only 56%. Mm. That was mm. barely turbulent. Jess, what were you? I was turbulent. I'm trying to find the actual Makes sense. things again. So I am assertive, but mine's only 64%. So Elsie, what were you? Oh, I think I just closed that window. Let me scroll up. Hold on. Okay. I must have answered my questions very wishy-washy because I was pretty borderline on a lot of these. (laughs) My highest percentage was 77%, and that was for the extroverted category. Oh, all of my numbers were high. Extroverted was 74, intuitive was 81, prospecting was 74, assertive was freaking 92. The only one that went back and forth for me was the thinking versus feeling, which is why I ended up between those two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find this now. 68%. It's got the summary in your email. Yeah. That's where I ended up finding it. Mm. But- so my extroverted is 53%. So apparently I'm an extroverted introvert. <laughs> I always thought I was an extroverted introvert, but I was 74% extroverted. In fact, every time I took the test, I was extroverted. I could not be introverted. I'm also 72% judging. So um, sorry. Apparently <laughs> I judge a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder feeling though, who's in, uh, who's surprised by that result. Um, I'm not, I am not surprised by that. (laughs) My feeling is pretty high as well as 67%. I was 51 feeling and 49 thinking. I don't know how you can get much closer than that. Yeah. That's very close. You're well-balanced TC. Mm All right. I found it. I am 53 assertive. Yahoo! You found it. it. This is a lot harder to navigate than Enneagram, I thought. Did anybody else think that? It's, it's very complicated because judging, and it, it, it's not um, ha, 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 intuitive, you know, judging, right? So you think, well, that doesn't sound very nice. That sounds very judgy, right? But no, their definition of judging 
they, these people are decisive, thorough, highly organized. They value clarity, predictability, and closure, preferring structure and planning to spontaneity. Well, I mean, that's very positive, right? It is very positive. That's not mm-hmm. judgy, judgy, which is what I would have thought when I first read it. I thought, what? Same thing with turbulent. I thought, well, I don't consider myself to be a particularly turbulent person, but a turbulent person is self-conscious, yes, and sensitive to stress, yes, very. Um, likely to experience a wide range of emotions, mm-hmm, and to be success-driven, yes, perfectionistic, uh-huh, um, and eager to improve. Mm, well, not if there's a couch around, but, um, you know, so turbulent is not very intuitive, right? Turbulent You're right. kind of brings to mind chaotic, but it's, you really have to study. This is a lot of yeah. work. A lot of studying, which for me, you know, and I have to admit, I didn't study Explorer and all of the nuances of it. I just thought, heck, Explorer, duh. So, and same thing with the diplomat. I didn't study diplomat. And had I read it, you know, and studied it very thoroughly, I might have made better guesses. But because it's, it's very um, in-depth, I would say. I was basing okay. it on like it seemed like a lot of the artistic and creative ones were under explore, <laughs> and I mean that's to me those three, <laughs> like very yeah. I really wanted to be brained and creative, and so I'm. We, we tried to make you that way, Tracy. I tried. I tried so hard. We did. We tried to. Yeah. We so did. I did <laughs> find an article that that tells you the um, correlation between. Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. So now that we know everyone's Enneagram, a type two Enneagram, the correlation is the feeling types. So Jess, do you have an F in yours? She's muted, but she's saying yes and nodding. I'm saying yes, it's E-S-F-J-T. Okay. And then type six is Sarah. And the correlation is introverted and sensing. Do you have an I and an S, Sarah? Uh, I and an F. An I and an F. Or I and an O, observing. Observant versus, no, the O is sensing. It's just different because we did the type 16. So that's still accurate. Sarah, what are your letters? I, O, uh, I, I, S, F, J. So yes, S. So confusing. ISFJ dash T, right? Yes. So yes, observant is S. Yeah. So that's correct on Obviously. yours. And then for the type sevens, um, extroverted an E and perceiving a P. And I don't know what perceiving matches with in the one we took. I should have done that. Um, oh, it's intuition. Maybe. So that would be the N, I think. Yeah. Let me look. Yeah, extroverted, extroverted intuition or extroverted sensing. Although we were all extroverted intuition, both of which are perceptive, explorative and novelty oriented. We might be novelty oriented. (laughs) Just a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Uh, New shiny thing. Well, Mur, I love that you said like. You're like, I wish I could just pick something already. Like, no, don't pick anything. Let's explore something new every single week because that is the whole premise of our entire podcast. <laughs> well, this is a good point. <laughs> so, so did anybody else have a hard time? Like, I very much, I, I think Elsie and Mer, maybe you too. I don't know. I very much wanted to be the explorer. Did anyone else really want to be in the category? And Elsie, it was so funny that you said, I bet you took it again. And I took it up. I bet I took it seven times. And I said that because I took it again, wanting to be the explorer. And I'm like, <laughs> I bet TC did too. <laughs> and I got the same exact thing. And I'm like, that's funny because I thought same maybe here. I'd get the same thing as last year. Now I got the same thing as I got the first time. Just like the percentages change a little bit, which is interesting because I'm like, how can I answer this to get something completely different? I know. That's how I felt. The first two times I took it, I got the exact same thing. So then I read descriptions and I'm like, all right, let's see what happens now. Is that really how I feel? Let me answer again. And I 
I couldn't. I'm thinking, how the heck we all are going to be the same thing? Because there's no other way to answer these questions. <laughs> that is so yeah. funny. I, uh, when I took it, I was not, I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't have any expectations. I was a little surprised, I guess, that I didn't show up under the explorer category, but I think it's because we have just gone and labeled ourselves explorers. And this is what I think we are explorers. It doesn't matter what any personality test says. I think that's just a, I mean, it's a personality trait of being a uh, diplomat. (laughs) That's true. I mean, it's their own definition of that word, like explorer. It's their own definition of explorer. Like Sarah was saying with turbulent, it's a different definition. In creating the intro for this episode, I found it very difficult to find any background on the 16 personalities. They have it. It's a really long page. Like It's Carl Jung. It's all Carl Jung stuff. Wait, wait, that sounds familiar. Is that from... um, Yes. Oh no. Oh no. What is it from? But that's not, but that's not the philosophy. So she's talking about the book, um, the courage to be disliked, which is not Carl Jung, but Carl Jung and that philosopher were buddies, right? Who didn't always necessarily see eye to eye. Adlerian, isn't it? Adlerian. Yeah. Joseph Adler. Yeah. And I'm much more Joseph Adler than Carl Jung. After reading that book, I'm the only siren who liked that book. But anyway, this siren didn't finish that book. So (laughs) there's that. I know. This siren says, you didn't miss out on anything. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. I I was going to have to really try to force myself to finish it. But thankfully, I didn't have to. That's how I feel about it, Jess. I'm like, thank goodness we decided to not have that episode. I know it's a big fat yet. I know I'm going to have to face it at some point, but I haven't done it yet. It'll just help you refresh your memory when you have to finish it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so wait. Now that we all know who we are, who was right on who? Like, I knew Mur was a diplomat. I was just wrong. I called her a mediator, but she was a campaigner. And here's the thing. I wanted to call her a campaigner because secretly I want Mur to be what I am. But I was a campaigner and I thought, oh, that's too much to hope for. I'm going to call her something else. Plus, she's mostly better than me. So I figured she had to be something different. Oh, that was a really flattering thing to say. But I am not surprised for the exact same thing because we are trary. We are trary. And I was right on Jess. I was right on Jess being a sentinel. I just guessed her as a defender and she was a consul. And I think I was... I think it was wrong on everyone else. I was right on both of Sarah's. Sarah, I love you. <laughs> love you too. Clearly, you know me very well. I'm touched. I was the, I was the only one who was wrong on Sarah, and I've known her a lot longer than the rest of you. <laughs> I, I love everything that you were saying about me. I love that you thought I was all those things. I got everybody wrong, so... Uh, I got Sarah's Enneagram and her uh, 16 or Myers-Briggs personality type exactly right. I feel like I'm too easy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I got Sarah's Enneagram and I got the category. I did not get her exact type and I got Jess's right. I got Jess's dead on too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got Jess's dead on, uh, which was funny, but I did not get Murr and TC because I think we have chokehold ourselves into thinking we are explorers. explorers. <laughs> well, I well, liked being called a defender. It made me feel like Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, artificial Ooh. intelligence episode told me that I was a adventurer over and over and over. So I just really wanted to be an explorer adventurer. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Just need a tech professional on the front of it. I know. Yeah. All right. So now that we've done, we've done a whole bunch of these, like looking back, what has been everybody's favorite? It's easy for me. Sagittarius and number seven. Enneagram seven and Sagittarius, I think are very me. I think the Enneagram. I think that I don't really have a favorite. I think that everyone that we've done have, kind of described who I am. 
I'm kind of with Jacob Nordby on this. Like all these different disciplines have been very fascinating. Of course, Myers-Briggs is my favorite because it's the one we're currently doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mer. <laughs> and then she's going to say this is her new favorite episode. Great. <laughs> Sorry, do you have a favorite? I don't know that I, uh, I don't really know that I have a favorite. I get really irritated when I'm doing the tests because um, I get irritated doing tests in general. And then I can always find something in each one that I think fits. And then I can, I don't know, I, I always find something kind of bullshitty in them as well that just doesn't make any sense. And so then I always question it. So there's always, but that's the, I don't know. I'm sure that there's a personality trait in there that we haven't quite found yet that just kind of questions everything a little bit. Just, you know, like, like the Enneagram one, I, when it started describing all the, I mean, if it, my, my Enneagram thing that says to me that, um, I mean, if I, if I, if I read it, that um, when I forget the truth of the gospel, I'm plagued with uncertainty. Um, but then when I, I don't know, when I, my, my, my misplaced fear, suspicions, and doubts often erode my trust in God. I mean, when it starts telling me stuff like that, then I start really doubting the whole thing, which is, you know, that's, that's my, you know, I'm, I'm my being, you know, the, the true agnostic in me just starts to think, well, if you're relating it all to God, then I don't know how much faith, faith, half I can put into your whole evaluation. You know what I mean? So then I start, I start questioning the whole thing. So then I go to, well, maybe the Myers-Briggs is a little more realistic, but I don't know. Then so I I've been told that, well, any that Enneagram test in particular is very religious heavy, which is probably why you're struggling with it a bit. But I also, and I don't know how accurate this is, Enneagram is kind of like the religious version of looking at astrology and trying to understand personalities, which is where I've been the most fascinated with the magic numbers and colors. Cause that was kind of dipping in the, the woo woo section that was uncomfortable for me. And I'm like, wow, it's kind of crazy how accurate that is. And it, it makes me want to explore that more. It was strange though, because none of the questions in that test really would have led me to think that um, explanations about the types was going to have anything to do with God or spirituality. So I was a little bit surprised by that. I think, Sarah, that um, like Elsie was saying, it's the particular site that we shared. I think if you find a different Enneagram site, that it might not have as much to do with God or faith or religion. So do you think that they would have different questions for the test or just different explanations for the results of the same Pro questions? Probably slightly different explanations of the results. The questions for the test should be relatively the same. For that Myers-Briggs test or the 16 personality tests we took, what threw me off on those questions is some of them were like, I really enjoy blah, blah, blah. And other ones said, I do not like, blah, blah. Yeah, I really had to read that carefully because there were times I was like, oh, I completely agree. And there was like, oh, wait, it says I do not like. So I double negative. I agree that I, I disagree that I do not like because I really do like it. I got caught up in that a few times on that 16 personality test one, although I couldn't force different results. So apparently didn't have that much of an impact. The Enneagram one, um, was it that one? Yeah, I felt like I needed a thesaurus because I felt like those things really mean the same thing because if I'm agreeing to this, then I'm also agreeing to that. Maybe they're actually the same thing, you know? It's been a, I didn't retake the Enneagram because um, here's my confession. I did not want it to tell me that I was something other than a seven. So <laughs> maybe I did care a little bit, but I, so I didn't retake it. And I don't really remember the questions, I guess. I thought that I, I, I thought that it was like just a kind of think about it and answer okay. it pretty quick kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember because at the end of 
episode 16, I think you had Mark take the test and we found out Mark was a seven. And, and then we found out Dean was a seven. <laughs> yep. I apparently surround myself with sevens. <laughs> Sorry, did Bill take the Enneagram? I don't think he has. Hmm. Well, it's, it's not exactly Bill, his thing. Bill, we challenge you to take the Enneagram test. That's right. We'll let us know what your, out. yeah, let us know what your number is, dude. What's your number? What's your number? <laughs> so do you guys, have you ever taken a personality test at work or in therapy or anything like that? Do you guys agree with that? Or do you think that should just kind of play out naturally? No, I love it. We did a lot of this, not at my current job, but at my last job, we did a lot of this. And um, what was interesting is that I was always way out in left field. It's like everybody, all the results were over here and I'm way over here, the only one in the room that had these particular results. And so, which I actually kind of liked, but I, what I like about them at work, we did um, Myers-Briggs and we also did strengths finders. And I really like the strength finders test a lot. I mean, it got very specific, but what I like about it is when you're building a team, I really did use those results to help me build my team because I have some really good strengths and then I have some areas where I'm just not strong. And so it helps to have like, once you get down in the dirty details, I'm bored and done and I want to sneak away, but uh, there are people on my team that are really good down in the details and aren't doing the, you know, the, the, the other big picture thinking things. So I, I really liked it at work. I, I never, I, um, we did a, the disc profile, um, as part of our leadership class at, um, my old job. And I found it really helpful because it basically talks about your work style and I found it to be very accurate, but it also talks about how that particular work style can work with other work styles and how to kind of get past where you guys might butt heads. So it, I found it helpful for work. Um, you know, I don't know if it really translated into my personal life, but it definitely seemed accurate for my work style. I remember you taking the disc test. I still need to take that one. And I had not heard of uh, strength finder until Jacob Norby was talking about it last week. I forget which one they did at my old job, but when they, they did it, it was all the higher ups. And then they printed it on a big poster board for everybody to see. And it was kind of like highlighting, here's all the important people and their personalities. And we don't care about the rest of you little shrimp. Um, I think in that situation, it wasn't very helpful, but I, I think in your own individual teams where you're working individually, I can see where that could be very helpful. I remember um, during my, uh, my psych in, um, rotation as a medical student, we all did the Myers-Briggs and that was like a million years ago. So I can't even remember what, what we even did with the results. I think we discussed them, but I don't even remember. It was a very, very different test back then, you know, back in the olden days. So I don't remember how it turned out then. I don't, I couldn't possibly tell you what my results were back then. I took one with, well, everybody that I worked with took, I think it was the disc profile, Jess, that we did when I worked um, for the IT company where I was working when I met TC. And the purpose behind it was so that we could all learn how to sort of work together. And I feel like it was pretty helpful. I learned that some people on my team aren't really good with like details and they're more um, high level people. And I kind of wanted details and needed to learn about those things. Like you got to give me more kind of thing. Um, so that was interesting to figure out or understand why there was friction, I guess. It was helpful in that aspect. So with that, do you think it's more important to know other people's types or what yours is and to be able to effectively communicate how you work? For me, I think it's important to my type. And it has, um, 
actually, I'm going to say both. I need to know my type so that I can know where my gaps are. And if I'm building a team, I'm going to want to fill those gaps. So I think it's important to know your own type and to know the members of your team's types as well so that you can look for the gaps and fill them. I don't know if it really, like, I I don't think I would remember what everybody's types are, but I think it did help me recognize the different types um, and just, you know, recognizing where my shortcomings are and why I might be feeling friction, like TC was saying, with certain people and just to help kind of learn how to work around those things and and recognize why that is so annoying to me or (laughs) so frustrating to me. Um, And it's like, oh, well, you know, they just have a different work style and kind of turn it around to be, well, let's use that to my advantage. I don't like micromanaging. So if somebody else likes the little details, let's let them take care of it. And I'll just take care of something else. I don't know that it's any of my business to really know what other people's types are. I guess, I don't know. I feel like if I know what I am, I can explain like, hey, this is how I work. And if, I don't know, like I'm never going to remember what everybody's is, like what Jess said. But um, yeah, I had a team of 17. There's no way I would have been able to remember. Yeah. So in my, in my company, we did the same. We, we spent a lot of time when we did strength finders we spent a lot of time looking and understanding everybody's strengths. What I liked about that particular one is it did concentrate on your strengths. And I I do believe that it makes more sense to spend time strengthening your strengths than to try to strengthen your weaknesses. Because if everybody works on strengthening their weaknesses, it brings everyone to like this mid-range and I'm not a big fan of mid-ranges. I want to get way up there. And so if everybody works on strengthening their strengths and knowing what they are, then you've got people shining where they need to shine and you can get teammates that shine in other areas. So we, we did the same. We put them all on, on charts and, uh, and we all spent a lot of time understanding what everyone else was and who we needed to partner with. We did the same thing in my office. We had like a half a day. I had a small office. So there were only like, I don't know, six of us or eight of us. We spent a half day going through talking about the disc profile. I mean, we were very focused on it and, and got really um, kind of nitty gritty with it. And it helped. I didn't remember what everybody's type was, but I remembered how they like to communicate or I remembered how they, um, I don't know, different aspects of working with them. I remembered that I didn't really need to remember the type. I just remembered how I should be working with them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extremely important to know, to understand where your shortcomings are. Like you all said, you have to, if, you have to be self-aware if you, that is, I feel like the, the people that drive me the most crazy and any career, any job I've ever had are the people that are just not self-aware. I think it's very important to know that you're talking too much to know that, I don't know, you just have to know what you're dealing, who you're dealing with. I think that it, I mean, we did actually at the, the actual class, which was a leadership class. So it was all the leaders in the company. We did all come up and put a dot on, like we didn't put our name, but we just put a dot on there where we are. And I think that it would be very telling if, like Elsie said, if you have a chart and everybody in a leadership position is on one side and everybody else is not, I think that there's no way that something can sustain like that. I mean, think about if everybody on this soapbox was type seven, like, you know, <laughs> it would be a whole episode of, I loved this. okay that's it thanks for listening bye (laughs) you know like I think for balance there has to be and also if everybody hates doing a certain task then that task isn't going to get done 
and everybody just wants to focus on one one thing and not do this other part I think that for balance in a workplace I think that you need different personalities and different work styles and leadership styles and that's what annoyed me about that in the workplace setting is that it felt like the company would always get a bug up their butt to, oh, let's bring everybody together and all take a test at the same time. And it's team building and blah, blah, blah. And then like people leave and then new people come in and then you don't know, then you're in this weird mix where you, it's almost like you need a nameplate and, and underneath your nameplate, you have that or in your email signature under uh, she, her, and your pronouns or whatever, you also have your Enneagram type and your personality <laughs> type. And because like, otherwise it just kind of gets lost in the sauce eventually. And my old director used to say, and it drove me nuts, but it makes so much sense. He used to say, put their aces in their places and, you know, put the people with their strengths, put them where they want to be. And it's just like TC said, because if you don't, then everybody's just kind of mediocre. Everybody, everybody should be working towards their strengths. I want to take that next. I want to do strength finder next. What does anybody else think? No, I'm thinking the same. I want to do strength finders and disc. So we can do another episode where we compare those two with these two. So I took, oh, sorry. I, I took strengths finder when I started with not my current therapist, but the therapist before her. And that was, I had never, well, I probably heard of it through, um, your previous job TC, but I don't think I took it with you guys, but I did take it when I started therapy with her. It was like one of the first two sessions she had me take it. And it was for the same reason that TC mentioned, you know, if you know where your strengths are, you can sort of focus on those areas and that'll bring you, I don't know, it'll be, it'll make your life better, better than (laughs) focusing on the things that you're not good at, you know, Mm -hmm. and dwelling on them. But, okay, here's the thing. You take a personality test. That's how you perceive yourself and not how maybe others perceive you. I thought about that too. I thought, I wonder if the other sirens, like, what if we took this Myers-Briggs and I said, I'm going to answer all these questions based on what I think Murr would, what is correct for Murr. And I'm going to answer all these questions based on what I think is correct for Jess and what I think is correct for Sarah. I wonder how closely my results would be to the person that I was trying to keep in mind when I answered the questions. Ooh, that'd be a fun experience. Apparently mine would all come out the same because y'all nailed mine. (laughs) (laughs) You guys already did, apparently. (laughs) Except, you know, like I I apparently don't know anyone because I'm always wrong on these things. So there's that. I think it'd be fun though. I'm always wrong too. So I'm right there with you. I'm sorry. Could you say that again, Sarah? I'm always wrong too. So I think there's probably some truth to everybody's perception of everybody else. Yeah, true. Well, I guess there you're is... all as explorers, so you're welcome. Thank you. We <laughs> That's what we that. wanted to be. There is that thing that talks about, you know, the side of you, you know, and the side of you that other people know. So we can talk about that too. Yeah, that's an interesting little rabbit hole. So our challenge for our listeners this week is to take a personality test and let us know if the results surprise you or if you agree with them. And just so you know, we took the assessment available at 16personalities.com, but you can take whatever test appeals to you and then tell us about it by using the hashtag Siren Soapbox on all the, on all the social medias. <laughs> sirens thank you so much for sharing your personality types these episodes you guessed it jess always make me feel closer to you and i just love that so much the campaigner loves to form deep connections after all so thank you all for obliging me and thank you fellow explorer for listening to this episode follow the sirens on facebook to get a daily dose of awesomeness and check out our website sirensoapbox.com for even more Siren Soapbox goodness. Maybe you prefer to watch over listening. That's cool. We have a solution for that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening now. That will help us reach more people like you. Until next time, dive in, stay curious and be happy. 
thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.